in every country Trees, you know we can Work together and learn what we need To meet the challenge Traditional skills and modern techniques Whatever language you speak You have a world to offer Every day, climb with the ISA Welcome to the ISA's Science of Arboriculture podcast series. This is Tom Smiley at the Bartlett Tree Research Laboratory, host of Science of Arboriculture. This podcast series was developed by the International Society of Arboriculture to bring you the latest research-based information on tree care. Today's talk is by Lothar Gecki of Argus Electronics of Rostock, Germany. He describes utilizing non-invasive sonic tomography to detect decay in trees. This talk was originally presented at the Tree Biomechanics Research Symposium in August 2010 in Kent, Ohio. About the use of tomography equipment to identify tree defects. This is briefly what I want to show you. Very briefly, briefly about the tech technology background of both methods, that is sonic velocity measurements and electric impedance measurements. And um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the tomogram interpretation and I would like to show some of the things we have done here this week. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with the basic principle of sonic tomography, it's actually not too difficult. We strike one pin or one of the sensors with a hammer and the sonic wave is being propagated through the wood and we have timers on all nails all around the circumference and we measure the time of flight and the little formula on the left hand side of the screen is the only one I want to bore you with showing the um, basic principle of uh, the basic formula for sonic propagation in, in trees so for those of you who have seen this yesterday should be clear yeah. <clears throat> I want you to pay attention to that we do, in the tomograms we do show the apparent and relative velocities. Apparent means that there are several reasons who could explain the data that we have. So looking from the outside of the trunk only, we, we cannot be totally sure if the sonic waves really propagated through all the tree, in particular not through the defects. So I imagine if you have a cavity that is, so the tree is empty, the sonic waves will not propagate through the cavity at all, but we still do measure a, a velocity for this particular part of the tree. So this is, for this reason, we call it apparent velocity. Yeah. We create those images that you can see on the right-hand side. We are using three main color groups to describe the quality of the reading. Brown colors indicate areas of high velocity, what correlates with good wood properties. Green is a reduced velocity and problem blue represent areas where the sonic tree waves do not like to travel through. One of the important things to pay attention to is what we call the distance between the colors in the tomogram. So if you look at, the, at this part of the tomogram, you see that the very slow wood is very close to the area of high sound velocity, what leads me to the conclusion that here we have a very nice zone between the good wood and the bad wood. So this is how it looks like. <clears throat> one of my favorite things that I just received a couple of days ago from one of our, 
our clients is this time scale that he took over the years on an oak tree. So the amazing thing for me is, or the good thing for the tree and <coughs> is to me is that the size of the damage did hardly grow within all the years. But the severity has grown. That means, I guess, fungus is working in this tree and the fungus was eating more and more wood. So the color was changing from um, lots of, uh, from this amount of purple and green to more blue and higher amount of purple. And in 2010, nearly all of the, <coughs> all of the place is covered with a purple color. Uh, you, you know, but the, the actual size of the defect stays the same. What is good news for the tree? So obviously the tree can handle this infection very well. Don't ask me about this area. I suppose sensor 6 here was misplaced slightly because here in 2010 things were back to normal and it's unlikely that wood that has once been occupied is now good again. Yeah, so I guess rather than placing the actual sensor here, he placed a little bit further up that creates a good sonic transmission to this part, but worse to this part. Here is back to the first scan that we had in 2006. Yeah. So this is one of the <coughs> one of the big applications we do see in the use of the equipment to track um, a progress of defect over time. So uh, one of the other uses that, we, that you may want, may could do is to try to find out to what tree a root belongs to on a construction site or whatsoever. You tap on all the roots that are reaching into your pit and the one that had best sonic propagation will react to it. To actually root, uh, for root mapping this device is not very good unless you hit um, one of the roots with your pole that you use to create sonic waves. Fortunately, we did have the opportunity, opportunity to test this a little bit more detail, thanks to the team of Tim Newson. They have excavated this tree that you have seen before, and I was placing all the senders all around, all along this yellow line, and then I was tapping up here, and indeed, this sensor one is giving this time of flight, that is uh, actually sensor two here, and at the very end, that is here, we still received the signal very well, I'm not totally sure why the time of flight went up, indicating a lower velocity, and then went down again, indicating higher velocity. Maybe I have misplaced the sensor slightly, but indeed, also the roots are very good sonic wave conductors. So there are limits in this technology. You may be aware of this. Most of all, we are suffering from cracks, in either radial cracks or star-shaped cracks. Both that should represent a radial crack and that is a star-shaped crack, both could create the very same reading in our data. So in order to, the, to uh, avoid wrong conclusions, we need to use different methods and one of the things you may do is, um, oh yeah, one step backward, um, I was talking about those radial, cr radial cracks, <coughs> meanwhile, the software is able to show the likely position of those radial cracks that are here. Correlates with this one quite nicely, but we are unable to see in between the cracks. We can just create a sort of shadow image of this. So when you ever, whenever you have an image with this and the, the software comes up with this yellow line, so be aware of that might be just cracks and don't condemn the tree immediately. It might be the wrong choice. 
in order to improve the method in general, we decided to, to include another tomography method that is called electric impedance tomography. As you can see here, the, we try to measure the, the electric resistance of wood. And this resistance is influenced most of all by water contents, cell structure, and um, the presence of chemical ions. And again, it's a sort of relative image. We do show the apparent velocity. Several distributions of resistivity within the cross-section could cause the same readings that we get on the outside. It is not totally sure that the reading that the tomogram we can create does truly represent what the situation is. That's why we also speak about apparent, velocity, uh, apparent resistivities. The method itself is very old, as you can see there. It was brought up by the Schlumberger brothers early last century. Wikipedia tells us that they were looking for hydrocarbon. I think that means oil. So that is the basic principle. Yeah, the equipment creates an electric field by applying a current. This electric field is distorted by the structure of the wood, and we are actually measuring the distortion of this electric field. Yeah. So the electric field takes, uh, is a measurement in three dimensions because we cannot force a field to stay in the actual measuring level. So this should be represented by this slide here. So if we apply a voltage to the tree, you have some sort of field that does probably look differently to this, but I just want to express that when you get the image, it's more a summary of a certain part of the trunk. This is good and bad. The bad thing is that we, we have uh, we do not have very accurate reading about this tomography level. The good thing is it's more difficult to miss something you, you would like to, to see. In particular, if you apply this method close to ground level, yeah, if you have, let's say here, if you have a route with a high conductivity, meaning a higher water content, we would probably find it. And this could indicate and indicate a decay in the root system that is not visible at ground level because it's too early. So <clears throat> the tomograms look like this. On the right-hand side, you see the, a quite normal beech tree. The blue ring on the outside is related to the sapwood, basically. The center of the tree has a little lower resistivity. That does not mean dry. It's just a, lower resistivity, uh, a higher resistivity than on the outside. So blue, like water, high conductive. Red is dry, less conductive, so to say. And here we got a ground level scan of the same tree species. It's a fungus tree. It's a tree with Kretschmaria deusta. And you see that the colors flipped over. While the reference tomogram has the blue on the outside and the red on the inside, the um, tomogram of the infected tree does have the blue, that means a high conductive area in the inside, and the sapwood is less conductive than the center of the tree, what is quite abnormal. Yeah. So, good, this is how it looks like for those of you who have not seen it yesterday. And in order to evaluate the data, we come up with a sort of decision tables, and we have identified three main groups of typical um, resistivity distributions. This is by far the largest group, fortunately, so most trees fit into this. That is actually an acer tree. Again, the high conductive subwood on the outside, the less conductive hardwood on the inside. And 
it's good to have both sonic image and electric impedance image to understand the readings. That for this reason, this table contains sonic information and electric resistivity information. And the guideline is like this. If you have a high velocity and a high resistance in the center of the tree, the center of the tree is sound. If you have a high velocity but uh, a low resistance in the center of the tree, that might be an early fungus, but the wood strength is still OK, because the sonic waves are still able to go through quickly. And if the velo sonic velocity drops down and the resistance is high, that might be an indication for a cavity or a crack or dead decay. And the last one is low velocity and low resistance, meaning wet stuff inside the tree that does not like to transmit sonic waves that is decay. Yeah. So again, that's by far the biggest group, linden trees, uh, this London plane tree, Acer, beaches, they're all in this group. That is a smaller group. This is an example for, uh, from one of the sequoia species. Yeah, but from the, I think that was a giant redwood. Yeah. So that's a little bit different here at the table, but I think you got the main idea. And that's a special case that's for our oak trees, Quagus robur. There was a little bit interesting for us to see because when we first measured this tree and we found the, this tree species and we found this high conductive area in the center of the tree, we thought, oh my god, I, I thought that the center of oak trees is very dry, so why is this so high conductive? And just recently, a university tracked it down and found a high concentration of, of kalium ions in the center of the tree, what obviously causes a high conductivity. But indeed, the wood is dry. So they, they tested both um, um, moisture contents and chemical elements, and this is what they come up with. Okay. So this is one of the examples for a linden tree. Rem you remember the, one of the cases. We have a high sonic velocity in this level. Everything is fine. But remember, that was part of group one number, number one, which is supposed to have the high, high conductive area, the blue ring on the outside. This flipped over, so the center is more conductive, but the, yeah, we still have high velocities. So that is our, our line to follow. High velocity, lower resistance. This is obviously early fungus either within the measuring level or below or underneath. Yeah, but the wood strength is still very good. This is one of the London plane trees we could um, test on the plot at the Davies farm. This is a scan on 45 centimeter. We have low sonic velocity, very high conductive center, not it is supposed to be, and it was full of muddy stuff and actually I guess it was still a very active fungus all around this. If we went higher up, the image changed and now we have low velocity and high resistance indicating a cavity. So working this way we can try to find out what actually happens in the tree. Now, sometimes we find both in the same place. This is a linden tree and having different, different stages of decay, this part with low velocity and high resistivity is obviously dead dry decay. This part of the tree reduced velocity and high conductivity obviously an active fungus is working in this part of the tree. So, and that's nearly the last one. 
here that is oops that is a reference for a plane tree also recorded on the Davies form and I want to guide your attention to this part of the tree here on point number seven we have this strongly growing growing, growing part tree represented by higher velocity uh, higher resistivity what is a very good sign here a bit of high <coughs> high sonic velocity so the question to me is what happens to this part because if the tree if the fungus manages to eat through this quicker than the fungus as uh, the tree can grow then this tree is going to have a problem yeah so the last one was taken in northern california so that was a scan on the sequoia sempervirens. This one took place 50 meters above ground level. You see Philip von Wasner doing the sonic scan, hanging around the ropes all day. So um, that is the images we could create at that level. We see a huge area. Oh, this tree was three meter in diameter at this height, at that height. So quite a big one. And the interesting thing is that we had an off-center damage like this, but in some directions, the sonic waves could travel through from here to there, for instance. Yeah? So they could, could shoot through. And the electric impedance image for, on this level was showing a very, very normal resistivity distribution for this, for this tree species. So I do strongly believe that <coughs> we are facing here a solid piece of wood with a circular off-center crack. Maybe we do have circular cracks as well but at least a circular crack around this area. So we don't need to condemn the tree. I don't think we would be allowed to. <laughs> so uh, what did we do here? Um, we would like to improve the sonic images that we get. And so I was collecting lots of data by doing horizontal and vertical <coughs> measurements. When I applied for this talk, uh, for this work here, I was also intending to use uh, to measure the tension entry. Time did not permit to do this. I talked too much to other guys. And we, we are collecting reference data here and we also managed to get some material tests. So and this is one of the trees we have tested. The good thing was that after we have tested this tree, um, Andreas Detta and Philip von Wasner came along and um, did pulling tests on this tree, so this was very nice. So I want to guide your attention to this part of the tree around our numbering point number five. Here, we obviously we had some good wood left in this tree, but the question to us is, is this wood uh, strong enough to compensate for the, for the opening here? Yeah, so we will see, um, and also pay attention to this part here. So, yeah. The tree looked like this after this man got hold of it. <laughs> and so please pay attention that the tree fell to, towards number five. Yeah? And then so we, and we bring up in the cross-section and number five is here, right here. And look at this. This is obviously the weakest part. So, and we guess that this was the first spot where it broke. And bringing back the tomogram, tomogram again, we thought that the sonic waves did have troubles to come from this part to this part. So actually, this was an isolated part of the wood that finally caused the fail of this tree. Yeah. Unfortunately, it broke above our 1.9 meter level. 
Uh, so we are not totally sure what the real um, cross-section was at this level because it's now split. Anyway, so we are also trying to collect those vertical measurements I told you about. I hope you see this little rubber-covered sensors here. And we took readings along this line. And thanks to the very helpful guys from the site here, to Alan Sievert and Greg Dale, we were able to create at least some bending tests to record the modulus of elasticity. We haven't processed the data yet, but we hope that they will correlate somehow with our time of flight readings. At the end, I want to thank all of you, in particular um, the men and women who have organized the meeting. And um, it reminds me a little bit of my childhood, where my main concern was to play as long as I could with my toys. <laughs> and I didn't need to care about anything else, just play. That was just great. So thank all of you. And in particular for the crew that needs to clear up our mess here. So thank you. This concludes Lothar Gecki's discussion on sonic tomography. If you'd like to learn more about sonic tomography and other ways of doing tree assessments, you can find additional materials at the ISA website, including Nell DeMethaney and Jim Clark's book, A Photographic Guide to the Evaluation of Hazard Trees in Urban Areas. If you would like to receive CEUs for today's talk, you can go to the ISA website at isa-arbor.com. Click on the Education and Research tab, then on Online Learning, and finally, Online Quizzes. After you register for the quiz, you will need to enter the code for this lecture, which is SA9668. Again, it's SA9668. If you have other topics that you would like us to provide podcasts for, please feel free to contact Luana Vargas, the producer of this series, at the ISA office in Champaign, Illinois, or me, Tom Smiley, at the Bartlett Tree Research Laboratory. Remember to subscribe to this podcast series and join us next time for another episode of Science of Arboriculture. Trees in every country. Trees, you know we can. Work together and learn what we need challenge traditional skills and modern techniques whatever language you speak you have a world to offer every day climb with the isa